Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I managed to stay alive for six days. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. Come down to Anfield, and we'll see them. What you doing down here, you shiny man? Nobody likes to see the minnows being blown away by the big dogs at a World Cup. But if it is going to happen, you may as well see an absolute world of a goal scored along the way. We've just been downstairs watching Brazil beat Panama 4-0, featuring a shoe-in for goal of the tournament so far. And if there was a prize for the most unselfish piece of play at a tournament... Actually, this sounds like exactly the kind of nonsensical award that FIFA <laughs> might and possibly already have dreamed up. This FIFA could, t- Team Player of the Tournament yeah, Award. Yeah, yeah, Nice person of the tournament. It should go to Ari Borges. Brazil 2-0 up. She's on a hat-trick. She gets on the end of a scintillating team move filled with first-time flicks and tricks of the old Brazilian variety. She's the goal at her mercy but Opson said to backheel the ball to her teammate Gomez, Gomez Tamirez who chips it over the last Panama defender who was on the way to ground after being sent to the shops by the back heel in the first place. Beautiful stuff. Ari Borges later rewarded for her altruism with a cross was laid on a plate for her to head in the hat-trick at the end. And Ari Borges' hat-trick for Brazil against Panama on an otherwise humdrum Monday afternoon. Isn't this what the World Cup is all about? Welcome to the Football Pod. Hi, guys. Hey, on. How's it going? You know, good things happen to good people, as FIFA would no doubt say. (laughs) Is that the All Blacks? It's close to the All Blacks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it was uh, Jogo Bonito, you know what I mean? It was a beautiful thing to see. Oh. It was also a team goal of the variety that you prefer, Ken, don't you? Yeah, it was very good. You don't like the, you don't really like the Julio and Ciso type goal winning goal of the season. Uh, everybody likes that goal. I'm just saying, there's not that much to it. <laughs> you know, it's... Thunder bastard. Yeah, That's it, you know? You've, you've hit that one well, but it's better when there's a lot of players involved with unpredictable passes the way that Brazil did. In my opinion, yeah. The first eight matches of this year's World Cup have each featured a penalty kick, or did each feature a penalty kick, including our own, as we <laughs> ruefully recall. Can't help think they might play a role on Wednesday against Canada. I'm, just, I'm getting that feeling. And to that end, I am concerned about the team use coming from our opponent's camp. Their midfielder, Jesse Fleming, returned to training on Monday. Looks like she'll be back in against us after missing the draw against Nigeria with a calf injury, you'll remember. Mm -hmm. Christine Sinclair, the legendary Christine Sinclair, missed a penalty in that game. Would become the first player ever to score in six World Cups. 
had she converted. Despite her status in the game, she handed over penalty-taking duties to Fleming during Canada's run to the Olympic gold medal last year. Sinclair had missed in the shootout in the quarterfinals, but they got through anyway. So when they got a penalty in the semi against the USA, she hands it to the vastly less experienced Fleming to take, mm. which caused great surprise. A lot of people assumed it was just an on-the-spot thing, but apparently no. The senior player had gone to management herself and said... I don't need to take wow. every penalty here. This is the hot hand. Yeah, exactly. Give it to the hot hand or the hot foot in this case. Fleming hits the back of the net in the semi-final. Then in the final, she scores from the spot during normal time and again in the shootout. So let's not go giving away any penalties again mm. on Wednesday. That's all I'm saying. Full preview podcast on the way tomorrow. The match day pod will be out on Wednesday afternoon. It's a 1pm kickoff in Perth. Hopefully all the travelling will be will not have any sort of mm. detrimental effect there. That's all for World Service members who will hear that tomorrow. You'll also be hearing Paul Flynn and Michael Murphy preview Kerry versus Dublin in the Football All-Ireland during the week. Secondcaptains.com, €5 Euro a month plus VAT if you're interested in any of that. Ken, what else is happening for today? How many games have both teams scored in in the out of the 15 played so far in the Women's World Cup? Yeah, How many teams well, have both? I mean, there seems to be a lot of nils. There have been a lot of nils. Though. None so far. Is that what you're saying? There's literally no, no no. Sweden beat South Africa two one. That's the only one out of fifteen games where both wow. teams have managed to score. Uh, that's bizarre. Is it? Isn't it? Well, I thought it was interesting. Well, why, well, well hang on. Well, what you throw us that is that we're yeah. suitably surprised, and then you're like, you're surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point of the stat? It wasn't supposed to surprise. No, it was good. It, it, uh, no, your your reaction was was in the direction I'd hoped for, but just yeah. I was we surprised. I was surprised by how excited you seemed to be about it. I was like, wow, maybe. He thinks this is even more. He obviously thinks this is more interesting than I do. I wonder mm. what the basis for that is. <laughs> so now your reaction is like, well, oh, actually, it doesn't mean yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah. No, oh, I mean, it's, it's the worst type of conversation. It's interesting. You know, it, it is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Noteworthy. Tell us, tell us no, I'm not, I'm not going that far. I'm saying it's noteworthy. I'm not even going to say it's interesting. It's worthy not, of comment. That. Worthy of comment. Comments been made. We move on. <laughs> yeah, we move on. So what's uh, happening in this week's edition of Saudi Arabia news? <laughs> Well, Gulf News with Ken Early. Got a, it's starring a big name. They've got a big name cameo this week. Yes. Uh, oh, it's Kylian Mbappe is the uh, is the current news. So Mbappe, as we know, has this contract standoff with PSG. He's got another year left in his contract, after which he intends to join Real Madrid on a free transfer. Uh, as Fiorentino Perez uh, said somebody, no, 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 not this year, next year, and for nothing. That's when we're getting Mbappe. This is like his revenge against PSG for, um, you know, doing that deal. They, they were going to sign him. They thought they were going to sign him in 2022. That didn't happen. Uh, but the next best thing is to screw them for all that money uh, by getting Mbappe in a free transfer. So this is what Madrid have decided works for them. And it's what Mbappe has obviously decided works for him. It's just that PSG say this doesn't work for them at all. Because uh, even though the structure of the contract they gave Mbappe obviously allowed for this possibility here. What, what about having a massive two-year contract after which you'd be free to join any club you wanted for free? <laughs> uh, the structure of the deal did allow that possibility, but somehow they seem surprised that that is what Mbappe has decided he wants to do. And so there was this whole episode where uh, Nasser Al-Khalifi, the, the uh, president of PSG, is saying, oh, you know, he's got to go. Uh, we, we have to sell him. He won't be leaving here for free. That's not going to happen. The only question is who's going to sign him, and obviously he only wants to join Real Madrid. And you know they've already. They, it seems as though both sides there 
are fairly confident of the shape of that deal. Obviously, they wouldn't have been allowed to conclude any deal because he's under contract with PSG. But it just seems as though they there's a sort of a synergy in, in their thoughts as to what might be happening in the There's a memorandum of understanding. I mean, a... Uh, not a memorandum. Not a memorandum. Just the sort there's of an, a, understanding. An, an intuitive, an intuitive. A, a connection between Mbappe and Fiorentino Perez where they seem to understand. So um, what's going to happen there? Um, well, <laughs> the, the news today is that Al-Hilal of the Saudi Pro League mm-hmm. uh, have decided to lodge a 300 million euro bid for Mbappe. Uh, with, <laughs> I mean, this is just so ridiculous. I, I just can't make any sense of it. Uh, I, f- I do find, honestly, I find it. I think we've talked about this. But I find it hard to even get my, my eyes sometimes do just glaze over when I hear the numbers. So just give me that number again. Three hundred million euros. That's going to that's Paris the trans- That's just a transfer fee for yeah. players out of contract at the end of the season. So okay. according to James Bang, normally that means you get them for a snip. You steal in there and mm. get them for a cool. 150 million. Uh, soccer correspondent with CBS. Uh, uh, he uh, tweets, uh, tweet that seems to be driving the conversation. Or an X. It's on X. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, X. How's X going for everybody? All good? Yeah, I mean, it's it seems to have untold potential Alan, for transforming our lives. That's what we need. More life transformation by social media companies. Um, uh yeah, what was the <laughs> the tweet by Linda Yaccarine? Uh, I don't know if there's still called tweets. Um, the Twitter CEO. Um, Ex-CEO. Ex. Uh, <laughs> the ex-CEO. Current CEO. Current CEO of X. Of Twitter X. X is the future um, state of unlimited interactivity centered in audio, video, messaging, payments, banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect us all in ways we're just beginning to imagine. <laughs> oh God, Jesus well, God. words are going to soon fuck. cease to exist anyway. Yeah. AI, X, oh, comma. Fuck. This is so... Fans I'd, rather, I'd rather leave my money with the squirrels <laughs> than, than have it on Twitter. I mean, I mean that seriously. I'd rather just leave it where I know squirrels live and just trust them to, to put it away somewhere. Low interest rates there, Riff, but safe. Safe, safe as houses. Safe as houses. Yeah, with crypto pump and dump uh, yeah, yeah. scammer Elon yeah. Musk. Great to hear uh, that uh, AI are taking care of my money. Uh, <laughs> it's just great. We've already started to see X-tape shape take shape. We're just getting started. There is no limit to this transformation. Oh, God. Well, anyway, um, according to James Bang on X, this is uh, the deal is 300 million euro transfer fee 700 million euros for the season <laughs> then you can join Real Madrid for free what yeah, yeah yeah so hang on they sign him they pay a transfer fee of 300 million euro yeah yes. they give Mbappe 700 million yes yeah Whatever about agents, by the way, and where they all come into this, I don't well, know. Well, Mbappe's, Mbappe's family is his agent, so it's all in-house. Yeah. It's all sorted. It's all in-house there. So, is that a billion? That's a billion, Owen. He's talking a billion. 300 plus 700 season. equals 1,000 million equals It's a one-year one contract, so he's not a contract at the end of the season, so he can still walk away and go to Real Madrid as previously planned. Yes. For free. Yes. Seems like a pretty good deal for... Mbappe. And Real Madrid. Al Halal and PSG and PSG PSG, PSG, the big winners there that's the strange thing about it they're the ones who want to sell them and make some money why would you offer them so much I don't get it why would you offer them more than they even paid for Mbappe in the first place like nearly twice as much to get him for one year when they're desperate to sell him 
and will presumably take half of that. Like half of that would still be a massive transfer fee. Uh, but I mean, obviously, three hundred million is better. You know, I'm sure they're mm. not going to be complaining. But I mean, it just you know, I, I don't understand, though, and I don't really get what's what the idea is here. I don't get what's happening here. Well, is it not just an extension of everything we've seen over the last couple of years? Yeah, it might, it might only be a year, but it was it would still be. Kylian Mbappe, one of the two best footballers in the world in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Joining, if only for a year. It's a statement, Ken, as a lot of these things. Right, so, did you say one of the two best? Well, himself and Haaland. That's a oh, Haaland, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, geez, I'd forgotten about him. <laughs> Can you believe it? He was scoring goals in a, in a friendly for I saw City that, today. Yeah. yeah, he's banged in a couple of goals. No, it's funny how he drifts out of your mind. We you don't hear about him for a few weeks. Well, it's only because he's not involved in transfer sagas every every summer. Yes, he has been in. A couple of summers, to be fair. For now. Um, For now. But, yeah, seven, 700 million salary for one season before you go to mm. join Real Madrid for free. Mm. Now, if this, if there's anything to this bid, and it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen these types of uh, deals exaggerated somewhat, uh, you know, uh, as, as with Jordan Henderson's supposedly 700 grand a week mm. uh, transfer fee, or, or not transfer fee, rather wages, which seems to have been about half that. But, you know, it's effectively, it's like getting paid that much, except you don't have to pay income tax. Mm. So, you know, if you, you know, it's an effective 350 grand or whatever, and that's actually seems to be what he's getting. Even that, to me, is like, why are you doing this? Surely he would have done it for also, 300. They're playing the <laughs> expectation game. You, you guys thought we were going to pay 300 million for a player for one year and pay him 700 million for that year. <laughs> of course not. We're only paying 150 million to the club. And we're only paying him three hundred and fifty million for one year of football in our uh, in our league. Come on, we're not crazy. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's called uh, managing expectations. It's not going to appeal to. It's not going to appeal to Mbappe. He what? says <laughs> somewhat dubiously. Maybe we'll appeal to Mbappe. Well, he's already playing for Qatar, so the moral question has already been asked. No, I'm not talking about that. Answer. I'm talking about his. He seems very set on this plan of. Of going for free to Real Madrid, but I suppose part of the reason for that was it was going to make him a lot of money. Yeah, and he wouldn't have to worry about. I don't know any transfer that, fee having to I be paid. I feel like Al Halal have a shot here. Fee is if these, irrelevant. If, yeah. if these numbers are for real, I think Al Halal have bought their way at least to the negotiating table. Yeah, they're in the conversation. They're they're banging it now. I think they they are dominating the conversation. Hold so on, what, hang on. Is this going to happen? Let's yeah. talk about this. Is this going to happen? I mean, who knows? If this if this offer is real, if this is serious, then why wouldn't it happen? I mean, apparently, you know, the, the way that things have lined up, um, apparently it would lead to the outcome Real Madrid already want and the outcome that Kylian Mbappe already wants, which mm. is to join Real Madrid in the summer of 2024. This is so on a free On a free transfer. Yeah. Um, while it would also suit PSG, who you know, have said they want mm. to get a transfer fee for this player who will otherwise leave for free. And the transfer fee is beyond, it would be a world record transfer fee, like smashing the previous Qatar set world record. Um, from Kylian Mbappe's point of view, he's already playing for Qatar. You know, it's not as though it's like... Oh. No, forget about any, forget about any moral qualms. Well, I'm not talking, talking I'm not talking about moral qualms. I'm talking about sporting qualms. I mean, does he, you know, in the sense of, of he is a, um, the best player in the world, um, or is he? You know, I mean, he's been playing for PSG for the last few years. It's you know, it hasn't been the best place. It's it's not. It hasn't been the right club. He's been playing there for money. You know, because they they were the top um, 
the, the, that was where he could earn most money. PSG the isn't the right club. What is Al Hilal? This is the thing. You've already always talked about how if his best years aren't exactly being wasted, you know, he's, he's fulfilling his potential in many ways. Certainly, he's played some pretty good stuff on internationally. Yeah. But he hasn't had an impact, hasn't, had a, hasn't won a Champions League, mm. hasn't had the sort of impact on European football that he should be able to have were he to go deeper in the tournament. And now he's in a situation where he's essentially not going to be involved in football as we know it for a year. Well, we're, no, we're, we're just not going to see him, you know. He saw how well the uh, six-month training camp went for Lionel Messi before the World Cup. He said, well, why don't we make it a nine-month training camp for Euro 2024 and, and take it from there? Yeah, well, uh, you know, what exactly, what are they trying to do here? There was a piece um, uh, in The New Statesman by uh, Quinn Slobodian, who uh, was, well, I think it was titled uh, Why Saudi Arabia is Buying the World or How Saudi Arabia is Buying the World or something like this. It's kind of a long piece looking at exactly why they are doing all this, uh, what's their thinking, Um and so he he starts out off actually talking about Black Panther and the reason for that only becomes clear a bit further down the article because the first person or at least uh, someone previously who, who talked about Black Panther in relation to Saudi Arabia was Jamal Khashoggi, um, the murdered journalist. Um, but he talks about, you know, what's going on, Neom, you know, this this giant project they have, this like line city in the desert, you know, all of this other stuff, all the kind of architects and agencies of different kinds who are making absolute um, a mint out of this um, big plan uh, that the Saudi government, uh, through its, its uh, His Excellency, the Crown Prince, I don't know if His Excellency is the right, you know, His Excellency is what the Newcastle chairman is called. I don't know if there's a higher honorific for his highness, his royal highness, I don't know. Um, but he gets on, down to talking about, obviously Saudi Arabia <clears throat> is a has become very rich because of its massive uh, oil reserves. And it has, you know, ever since the 70s, kind of become increasingly wealthy and they've taken control of the price of oil. Previously, it was kind of run as like an, an American sort of, like a colony isn't exactly the word, but like they kind of were pumping out oil at a price America liked, you know, and then mm. they said, well, you know, actually we can charge a bit more for this. And what really are you going to do about it if we do that? Um, and uh, the the decades since I've seen Saudi Arabia, uh, or at least the kind of ruling class in Saudi Arabia become uh, extravagantly wealthy. Um, meanwhile, across the way, there was a, a little um, emirate which didn't have as much oil uh, and was forced to look at other ways to try and get rich or make progress. And this was Dubai. Um, Dubai, uh, because they, they couldn't just pump the money out of the ground, came up with some ideas for, you know, how to sort of attract trade and how to attract, as he puts it, uh, <clears throat> the Emirate of Dubai, a land of just 35 square kilometers, began to present itself as an empty platform in which anything can be built, bought or bolted. In the metaphor of the latest story in Mike Davis, the city created legal regulatory bubble domes multifarious zones with bespoke sets of laws designed to lure investors, whether it was into the International Financial District Education Zone, Media City, or the headline producing archipelagos of artificial islands in the shapes of palm trees and continents. So Dubai, um, you know, has, I mean, these are just all different words for tax incentives, I suppose. 
you know, creating these little areas where you can flourish free of this mm-hmm. red tape that often binds mm. companies from really showing their potential in other uh, areas. Um, so he says, three developments have made Saudi Arabia take another look at the Dubai model in recent years and enter into a fierce competition with the Emirate for the status of the region's leading capitalist brand. The first is technological. So basically the Americans started fracking, right? The Americans were like, this... Uh, we need to look at our energy situation. Energy independence is a thing. Fracking previously had been regarded as, well, it's a bit kind of poisonous or whatever. But they were like, we actually, we're going to do it. You know, let's... let's uh, That's uh, fracking. Let's drill. It? Yeah, it's like fra- fractional... sound effect. Yeah, I mean, let's break the earth apart and squeeze the oil out of... It's, it's actually oil is expensive enough to make this worth doing now. Mm. Uh, so America is now a net exporter of petroleum which it hadn't been, uh, it, in 2019 it became a net export. It produces more oil than it consumes um, and exports more oil than it imports uh, 2019. So the previous, the last time that it had been in that situation was 1949. So this is a major shift in the kind of structure of the world economy. The second is geopolitical, the rising, the rising economic power of China, along with its deepening alienation from the U.S. after Donald Trump's initiation of the trade war in 2016, offered Saudi Arabia a chance to work between the camps. At the same time, the so-called OPEC Plus group added non-OPEC countries, including, most importantly, Russia, to counterbalance U.S. power. Since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine last year, Saudi Arabia and OPEC Plus have occasionally acted to frustrate U.S. efforts to shift global oil prices. Um, The third is ecological, with the overwhelming evidence of climate change, Saudi Arabia senses the train for global investment uh, and even patterns of urban development are changing in a fundamental way. They have no desire to ramp down fossil fuel production quickly. Indeed, at last year at COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh, the kingdom joined China in opposing language in the final text about phasing out all fossil fuels, but it wisely wants to avoid placing all its chips on the potentially stranded asset of petroleum. So, um, led by... Uh, Mohammed bin Salman, and also this generation of like U.S. educated sort of management schools uh, graduates, uh, the Saudis are like, okay, you know, let's diversify and let's um, let's spread. We've got a lot of money here, you know. Let's let's start putting some money into stuff that might uh, pay off. So he talks about the sports, you know, obviously live and, and the football stuff is like big attention grabbing stuff, but uh, makes the point. Um, the numbers involved in less glamorous industry are much larger. The $2 billion the kingdom sp- spent on live golf seems like less when you realize that in the last week of June alone, the annual week of the Hajj, the Saudi government signed contracts worth nine times this amount in one week. So, like, you know, live is like less than a day's spending, you know, on the, on the scale of, mm. uh, of what's happening. Uh, South Korea's Hyundai secured a $5 billion contract with Aramco to build a petrochemicals plant, Italian engineering group and a $2 billion contract, blah, blah, blah. And a third contract was agreed for $11 billion with the French multinational Total Energy for another uh, petrochemicals facility. So they're kind of, uh, as he says, Saudi Arabia is refusing the binary between domestic resilience and export-led growth. Instead, its approach is a mixture of all new building local industrial capacity while also leaning into the advantage it enjoys in matters of oil and solar. Um, so they're kind of trying to make their own, um, make their own domestic industry as well as like just selling. Um, uh, the primary agent for this maelstrom of activity is the sovereign wealth fund, the public investment fund, PIF. Well, PIF is in the top 10 of global sovereign wealth funds. 
one of the goals for the Vision 2030 report was to increase PIF's assets by more than 10 times. It announced plans to transfer ownership of Aramco to the PIF to make it the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world. Um, the 4% of Aramco that has been transferred to PIF recently is worth $80 billion. The logistical challenge of a full transfer is mind-boggling. And then they're you know going into solar energy, green hydrogen, um, EV uh, manufacturing, you know, batteries. Uh, if crypto technology such as Dogecoin, oh, that's uh, Elon's thing, and NFTs were the morbid symptoms of the age of zero interest rate policy, then an EV plant in the desert might be emblematic of an era where smart money wants industrial capacity and supply chain resilience to go with its quick profits. So um, there's a slightly odd conclusion to this article um, where he suggests that maybe this could actually be be good in what way in helping climate change keep talking <laughs> <laughs> okay kid okay so i'm willing to listen fixing climate change good <laughs> mm. yeah yeah saudi's in charge of climate change you kind of you're thinking i'm not sure Let's think about they're, they're, this. they're the ones we necessarily yeah. want driving yeah. it because you know they you know in, in my the way i've thought about them it's kind of they're kind of making a lot of money out of climate change. <laughs> so, you know, they necessarily... Turkey's Christmas and so on. But, you know, as he as he points out, uh, the there are different approaches to the, the... How do you solve a problem like climate change? Oof, tough one. Uh, one of them... Uh, Make it unbelievably profitable for the people currently profiting from uh, climate disaster... For th- make it unbelievably profitable for those same people to save us from climate change is the depressing but probably most likely solution to this problem. Well, it's it has to do with essentially competition between, you know, h- how do we ever get anything done on Earth? We have a war and suddenly mm-hmm. the techn- technology just leaps ahead. <laughs> it just bounds ahead. It, it, I had a, a media lecturer who said that basically all of the major technological advancements on the internet were due to pornography. Uh, that, por- that pornography led the way in video streaming, etc., etc. We were like, it's a thought-provoking uh, comment. I mean, I'm not entirely well. The, inter- sure, the but- internet itself is is a military technology, right? I mean, it's like a, it's a it's a U.S. Uh, military project to begin with. Like pornography is like, well, think of the things we can do in in porn with this mm. technology. You know, it's like. Driving the. I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have a VR headset otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. You know, <laughs> I, Come on, I still don't know anyone who owns gag. one. That's a cheap gag, and I'd like it straight from the record. <laughs> but you know, okay, so so that does that that helps to people re- helps people to realize the potential. But the original development of the technology was done for military purposes, right? Uh, uh, you know, it was it was about keeping the world safe from communism mm. at the time, okay. and it was only later that it expanded. People realized the, and, and now, now we've we're got all on X. X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we've got X. It's just absolutely everything all at once. Yeah. But uh, so he says in their 2018 book, Climate Leviathan, the geographers Jeff Mann and Joel Wainwright describe a range of possible futures under the conditions of climate breakdown. One possible situation is climate leviathan, where countries opt into internationally binding agreements giving up some of their own autonomy for the sake of collective survival and coordinated action. Well, there's been a bit of that. Sounds a bit like what we've been doing so far, right? Mm, so what do we have? We have islands in flames and people yeah. go, oh my God, what's, you know. Another is climate behemoth 
where countries simply engage in their own zero-sum push for advantage in an unruly world. Uh, although Saudi Arabia pay, pays the usual lip service to multilateral organizations, it seems best to see it as a climate behemoth. It requires none of the traditional forms of democratic legitimation. Blah, blah, blah. Um, after Trump's election in 2016 to act like a climate behemoth looked like bad behavior, a blip in what was described as the liberal international order, which had lasted from the end of the Second World War to the present, high-flown rhetoric and empty promises in international summits was still the dominant mode. See, this is the problem. We get together and say, let's all do this. Let's make a plan. Let's stick to it. We all say we're going to stick to it and then nobody does. No, but, no, but the, hang on, this notion, I don't know, I, I'm not quite sure how you're tying it back to Mbappe, but we might get there. And, uh, well, it's just to but try no, and co- put in context. But the, sorry, but the notion of the climate behemoth is, well, I don't understand what the what exactly is in it for them. It's, it's like, oh yeah, well obviously these climate behemoths can decide that they want to pursue their own zero emissions policy, whatever it is, but why mm. would they want to do that? Well, to, I don't know, to sort of get, use their... their um, the, the the big thing and he, he mentions it a few times here that that Saudi Arabia has is like limitless cash reserves, right? Not like um, mm. not like a, a printing press or you know a kind of a computer where they type in an account. Oh, we uh, and then you kind of hope that like nothing bad happens as a result of you doing that, <laughs> which is actually the situation we're in in a lot of uh, a lot of countries. Uh, They've they've just got all this money, and at the moment we we're in this kind of world where the interest rates have like jumped, and suddenly it's much more expensive to borrow, and people don't have you know it's like, it's like that bit about Doge, Dogecoin or whatever. There was like quite recently a, a, a situation where there was money apparently sloshing around everywhere. I mean, it's always hard for it's like where is all this? Why doesn't it never slosh onto me? You know, everyone's <laughs> like, why doesn't it? Slush? But the money is sloshing around out there, but apparently not anymore. It's all dried up, mm. uh, apart from. Saudi Arabia, he's like, well, we've got money. How much? How much do you need? So they're using this advantage that they have in terms of cash, ready cash, and resources in our current mode of, you know, being in the world, mm-hmm. to try and secure advantage in whatever the next one is going to be by investing in like all of these different, you know, technologies. You know, uh, what does he say? This is why I said that I did say the conclusion was slightly odd. I'm not sure I follow it all the way, but. Okay. Uh, high flown rhetoric and everything. I still don't understand the, the incentive. Was still the dominant mode. But that is being rethought. Considering no binding agreements were forthcoming, the world is only getting hotter. The ocean's higher, the ice caps drier, the ice caps smaller. Hmm. Maybe there was another way. I mean, wetter, if anything, the ice caps are yeah. drying. You know, it's the opposite thing there. Where is the place with the least amount of rainfall in the world? Antarctica. Never really sat correctly with me, but it's true. Yeah, you know, is it? Yeah, apparently so. You yeah. would have thought it was the. Desert, I mean, in right? that it never ever rains there. Anyway, listen, we've gone off a tangent, off off the tangent. Maybe an open and unabashed clash between sovereign states could perversely produce better outcomes for all. Okay, now former Bank of England chief economist Andy Haldane wrote recently: "The global industrial arms race is just what we need." Until now, nothing has driven rich governments like the U.S. to make the outlays of subsidies or investment needed to cook to cook start. Sorry, too much X. Needed to kickstart a just energy transition. <laughs> cook started. He's been cooked. That's basically that's how we're going to get climate change fixed. Just people, countries tweeting each, xing each other. Saying, planet cooking. We've cooked you. We've cooked babe. the planet. Yeah. What if a perceived geopolitical struggle of the U.S. and its allies with China and Russia was the missing ingredient? This is very optimistic stuff. Could it be that Saudi Arabia, as a climate behemoth, is leading the way 
If so, the question is who would have the means to follow? MBS is not wrong to see the world is not wrong to see the world historical status of his country. Others are beginning to see it too. So uh, I found this uh, piece interesting, just in terms of how it. I haven't. There's loads of stuff in there about this the sheer scale of what's being done, like the numbers, like the kind of the the massive ambition of this. You know, mm. it's like a, gr- a play for the future. You know, um, and because it's so sort of centralized, you can they can sort of do. It. But it, I mean, it also needs to insane decisions. Like let's spend seven hundred million euros and have a Kylian Mbappe play some practice games, play some exhibition matches here mm. for nine months. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking, why not build a another EV plant? You know, it all mm. sort of makes it. It's all. It it will all help to make a difference, you know. But yeah. I suppose the Mbappe, the 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 insane scale of of the money they're talking about here, I suppose, has to be seen in the context of the money that's being spent on all of these things. Killian Moyles emailed the reported two hundred fifty nine million pound Mbappe offer has me wondering: Will the sports washing machine change tack entirely, turning off the unlimited refill taps for the likes of Newcastle, PSG, and Man City to focus on the growth of the Middle Eastern domestic leagues? It seems as though if these clubs could still offer, oh, as in if City, etc., could still offer £200 million for a player, it limits the nation's abilities to sign the very top brass. So, yeah, essentially, if... Saudi, the Gulf states are deciding where the, the best players play. Uh, so why would they decide to have them in a league? Why would they, but they, again, this, come, this hmm. brings back the idea of how healthy is it to have... PIF involved in so many different clubs in world football in some way or another. For example, okay, so what we're saying here is the likes of Ashley Barnes, Ken, would would Newcastle continue to be willing to splash out £38 million on Ashley Barnes if the Saudi Domestic League takes off in the way that PIF seems to hope it will? Um, y- yeah, I mean, I think so. I think they can do both. Uh, I don't think there's much of a... I don't think they need to worry too much. Oh, if we bring in a map, can we also afford Harvey Barnes? Mm-hmm. I think I think it, it's it's the great thing about being SRL Remind. You can say, mm-hmm. why don't we just buy both? Yeah, you know, have you ever been in that situation where you go to buy clothes or something? And you, there's two things that you like. Yeah, you know, you just, have you ever have you, you ever just, just said yeah. have you ever just said buy both? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy them both. Have you ever said that? I mean, it's happened or once or twice. I mean, yeah. You've done it, you've done it. Uh, yeah, because like... He does that every single time he buys something. Yeah. But see, yeah. See, sometimes you're just... If he can't decide between two things in a menu, he just gets both. Yeah. And he, and he will... I'll have half of one, and, half the other. Them and, and who cares? Put the rest in a bag. Yeah. So, uh, and, that, and obviously they're, they're signing Alan St. Maxim and... I'm, oh God, I'm not sure which club he's going to. Um... Uh, but that's helping the Harvey Barnes side of the equation, I suppose. Um, yeah, it really is. It really is amazing. I mean, Mbappe, you know, obviously, he's bigger than any player who's who has gone there yet. Maybe oh, yeah. he won't. Maybe he'll say, "No, I fancy, I, I fancy playing for PSG for another season." <laughs> What's the point? Like, what is even the point of of playing for PSG for for just? Well, the outside chance of getting your Champions League there. That's you leave your definitely not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, it's not as though you can really make it a compelling case that this is. But maybe, I don't know, maybe there'll be another club. You know, you see all these other clubs also linked with him. Um, but it seems as though he's fairly set on joining Real Madrid. And I'm not sure if any other club is offering the combination of here's 700 million euros and a free transfer. Mm. I wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so there you go. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, probably, that, probably the main. Oh, well, the me- meanwhile, you saw, did you see any of the videos of Messi? Oh, the last minute winner. Oh, yes. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was a very good goal. It was. The whole thing was just crazy. Did you see any of it? I mean, he was exactly. I saw the goal. I saw Serena Williams' reaction. I saw uh, LeBron James with his phone out. Uh, Tom Brady, Kim Kardashian. I saw Kim Kardashian. I didn't see Tom. Was Tom Brady was there as well? Was he? I, apparently so. I didn't see. Yeah. Him. Apparently so. They were all there watching. Uh, and and you see. you're like on a one man mission to depress us all, aren't you? Why? Why? <laughs> What's so awful about this? It, I suppose on the scale of awful things, this isn't that awful. But. You see the way they're just signing Barcelona players. Yeah, like Busquets was playing in that game, but now they've signed Iniesta. They've signed Jordi, Jordi Alba. He may he may have been playing as well. I'm not sure. Uh, and apparently, are trying to sign Suarez, who's like got on strike. Well, he he's he's causing ructions at Gremio uh, in Brazil, where he uh, Luis Suarez is now a problem that is in the president's hand. They are exchanging ideas. This is coach. <laughs> <laughs> they are exchanging ideas. <laughs> Uh, the, the ideas that as far as is exchanging with the coach with the president I think are I'm leaving this club and going to Inter Miami to play with all my friends for like a year maybe maybe three years so you're saying when you say they Inter Milan or Inter Miami are signing all these players they've already the MLS. They, they've already signed Messi Busquets and Alba and Iniesta and now they're apparently this Suarez. might be a very bad team I mean, it's not going to be a very bad team with some of the greatest players that I've ever seen. Yeah. They're, the they're ball players. You know they're, what I mean? Uh, well, yeah. Andre I mean, is 39 years of age. In, in another era, yeah. Owen, we'd be watching this exact same combination of players, but playing in a celebrity futsal tournament at around this time. See, on this Sky is Sports. one thing. Yeah. Uh, Against like Steve McManaman. And yeah, yeah. Steve McManaman, Robbie Fowler, Stan Collymore. The old players going to whatever leagues to see out their days is one thing. The Kylian Mbappe, prime Kylian Mbappe going yeah. to Saudi Arabia but I, seems I, like I a different thing. Again. I swear I saw an interview with Suarez recently where he was talking about like the pain that he's in every day now. It was one of these like old footballer reveals this Extended it's taken a toll. Yeah. You know, like he had that always he was like fit for every game. What was it? Steven Gerrard's autobiography. Oh, you know, never saw him in the dreaming room or but like he just ignored old medical advice <laughs> and, and catching up with them. But he still reckons he could do a season or two with Inter Miami. And you know, when you see how things how things are coming together there, who could blame him? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. There's a winning mentality. See it in their eyes. They've got glazed eyes. Glazed eyes. What I said to them at the end, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I said, are you ready to win a World Cup? Because we're in it to win it. They've got to trust me. I'm taking these guys into battle. Yeah. And I'm doing my own stapling. Look, we're not getting carried away, but we're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. Does a, a struggling salesman start turning up on a bicycle? turns up in a newer car, Deception. 
Along the way, we're going to have fun. When they have stripped you off. I try and laugh several times a day. A sergeant major spends all his time training his men to be killers and, and make sure that they arrive for meetings on time and dressed in the right way. He doesn't polish his own boots. The bosses are panicking. They're going, oh, cut back. Non-negotiable. The way we play football is non-negotiable. Tomorrow we're going to bring you a full Republic of Ireland vs Canada preview podcast. The game itself is on Wednesday. What else are we looking out for in the World Cup tomorrow? Any chance of a match that will have both teams scoring? To really shock Ken here. I don't know about that. Uh, The hosts are back in action though. They're playing the Philippines. Uh, And I mean, I was having a look. Co-hosts. Okay, so yeah. I said that, didn't I? I don't know. Maybe I just said hosts. I mean, they are hosts. I mean, co-hosts. I'm being pedantic, Murph. Please continue. I thought if they knock over the uh, Philippines that they would definitely have qualified. Actually, definitely have qualified. Uh, because Switzerland have already beaten the Philippines 2-0 in that group so as it could well. be all three teams all get three six teams points. get 6 points so and then between the jigs and the reels uh, they might uh, miss out that would be unfortunate to miss it out it would be extremely unfortunate wins, but let's see if they get the win first uh, so they're playing at uh, half 6 tomorrow morning and then Switzerland and Norway also in that group uh, directly afterwards at 9 o'clock so New Zealand might not know that they'd have qualified if they go, go ahead and beat the Philippines but they, they might just have to wait a couple hours because uh, if Switzerland win or if uh, it's a draw then they'll have qualified thanks Murph thank you very much Owen thank thanks, you Ken. Ken thank you to Kieran, and thank you Owen thanks for listening sign up now on secondcaptains.com all episodes are without ads if you sign up and become a world service member Second Captains Podcast as you know at this mm-hmm. stage I'm sure is part of the Acast Creator Network Home. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project. There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.